I just wanted to go as far from my first album as I possibly could, to be honest. I hate the idea of ever doing the same thing twice. And musically, I just what I've been listening to and has subconsciously crept in. And it was always just a conscious decision to go with the weirder option on this album and to make the most unexpected choice every time. And I guess a lot of instruments were just a reflection of the theme and the way those are discordant and they warble in and out was to create that sense of instability and that anxious kind of feeling. Friday Mons Watson and I perform the soak. about everybody loves you where did that idea start um the idea started i was doing some co-writing with a girl called emily phillips and her husband who's aunt whiting who produced my record they have a piano in their living room in shepherd's bush in london and we're just playing about kind of just taking the piss really to be honest and the chords formed for the chorus of what is everybody loves you it was just a nice thing that Emily was playing, and I really liked it. And then we started just like singing along, kind of random words as you do. on the notes part of my phone just because I say things, write them down as I go along. And just like flicking through it, came across Everybody Loves You and just kind of ran with that idea. I had this whole concept of Everybody Loves You. I had about someone I knew of. Just everybody in the world seemed to love this one person and was just so enamoured by them and couldn't really comprehend it, but I was also bitter because I also liked this one person, but I was like, Everybody Loves You and I do, but I don't want to say I do. It all stemmed from the chorus, and once I had this idea of everybody loves you, not me, the verses were easy because it was just creating this whole contrast to that. And I go numb when you speak, just another flaw. And I hate when we meet, does it say it all? Just trying to go as extreme with it as I possibly could and be like, I'm better than the situation. I don't want you because I'm happy, and all these lies, and the verses were just like creating a web of lies was the idea behind them. Where did the idea come from to build it up with strings and synth and all this other production? I guess, because it had such, in its structure, and it's, the way it comes across, it was such a ballad type song, and I wanted it to be rugged on the edges, and with the whole theme of the album being Grimtown, and that sonically I've been trying to push myself and just not be satisfied too easily. And definitely was trying to go more places. My first record's very like folksy, hiding behind a guitar. And as a person, the music I listen to, I've branched out a lot from that and I wanted to do more breakbeats and more programmed drums. And I've always had a thing for strings. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, a lot of it was down to Ant. We'd made this demo roughly, and then I let it to Ant to go a bit wild on it, and they sent it back as a demo still, but just all this kind of interesting things. And then we just came to a lot of compromises and got a bit lost with it. Strings felt like a natural thing to put on the song, just the way its nature and the float-like of, of its pace. It just deserved strings. And I've always liked discordant strings, and I've always hated when strings do what you want them to do. I hate, like, typical middle-of-the-road pop strings. I like them to do something, like, completely on their own. It's like when you get two guitars to play the same thing, yeah. and there's no difference. Like, it's just, why? <laughs> I love that natural warmth that come with them and to have again the whole album is a contrast in itself but to have those natural strings which are beautiful with the like synthetic ones underneath and have that little robotic nature to it just felt like a good contrast and it reflected a lot of the falseness that I was trying to be lyrically in the first half of the song especially Cause I'm a fucking love wire and I can light the night But if you're looking for me I'll be out of sight There's lines in here that have a lot of attitude as well. Um, <laughs> a lot of tood. I'm a fucking live wire. You know, yeah. like the way that's phrased is very charismatic. Talking just in terms of the challenges of recording this was getting the right vocal, something that you took a lot of time with. Yeah, absolutely. It just felt like I never considered myself a singer. I, I always hated that title before because it felt like such a limitation, like that's all you can do. So I always rejected that idea, but the more music I listened to and the more specifically singers, I tried to like really hone in on what they were doing, the, their techniques and how they were using their voice. And I took that as a great inspiration for this whole record of how I could use my voice. Because I didn't recognize what ranges I had and how I, just how expressive you can truly be. I'd never really given that a go. So for this album, there was a lot of exploration with that. And this song felt like a really big starting point to find in the depth of my vocal. And there's something about listening to someone's vocal, you can tell if they're smiling or if their eyebrows are pointed or how they're feeling. really was obsessed with the idea that my vocal could transfer like that. I wanted to use my vocal really lightly in parts, almost like comedically, because with the lyrics I'm trying to be extreme, I'm trying to like kind of take the piss whilst also being very sincere. So I was getting that balance between happy, sad, angry and relief and that's why whenever the bridge happens there is that moment of relief and the vocals are meant to kind of be like drowning a bit, yeah. kind of and have that like swooping, falling quality. I guess another like big thing in this song is the bridge section and I was reading YouTube comments under the video and, and somebody said chord change of the year <laughs> which I presume they're referring to the dramatic change in the bridge.
What prompted you to do that? Because it's like a complete shift out of the key. It's really unexpected. I surprised myself when that happened. I'm not great at piano, uh, so Emily was in charge and she just like was trying out where to go was like maybe a post-chorus instrumental kind of thing. She did by accident, I guess, and she was like, ugh. And I was like, no, stay. Like, I just liked that it did that because I didn't expect her to do it. She didn't expect herself to do it. And I, I just had to run with it. Just like I clicked in the gut feeling where you trust it. I knew that at some point I wanted the song to resolve and I wanted, basically the song to me is like the song about denial for 70%. And then there's just that complete like vulnerability of honesty at the end section. And I wanted everything to reflect that. And the bridge section was just like this tri triumph, like this sad, honest acceptance of like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, it's true. But then there's that counteracting harmonies. I was like, why do I still care? And it was pretty much done recording the song. And I was like, actually, why don't we put in call and response, kind of my brain fighting with my brain part at the end of the song. If we thought about it too hard, it wouldn't. It, we probably wouldn't have kept it. You know what I mean? And it just felt weird, and I liked it, and I didn't expect it. So I just thought we should run with it, and we kept it. I got my friends to sing them in my apartment. We did like a day of recording little group vocals. Yeah, I was wondering because like on the backing vocals towards the end, there's definitely like a male voice in there as well as your own. I was trying to just like make my world the album, so I wanted my friends to be involved. There's Patrick's big deep voice in the back of it. And all my friends just came to sing on that and then lots of the rest of the record as well. It was cool that I liked that they were recorded in my apartment in Manchester, which is where I wrote a lot of the record too. I was in the nice position of getting sent the stems. Usually I get the stems after, so it's nice to actually have them before the interview here today. And there's stuff that I wouldn't have realized is in there. Like you've got this string quartet balanced against Mellotron, sort of like fake 60s keyboard strings, and you also have a full coder on the very end. I suppose just talking about how those elements built up and the back and forth with Anton producing it, how do these ideas come together? I think ultimately I really like to hear it, like if I like a song I'll just listen to it non-stop until I can't listen to it, and I love in a song when you just notice all these different elements and you hear a new thing every single time. It was a conscious effort throughout the whole record to just have layers and layers of things, even if they're really, really minuscule in the mix, just to have them there. A lot of sounds I described to Ant as like, can we make it sound like soggy cardboard? And that was, the descriptions were very like object-based, I guess. Yeah. Another thing I like is the stuff that only happens once yeah. you know so you've got like the big yeah the big i'm gonna put on the big scream a second there was just something in it that just needed that aggression to come across and i record those vocals a million times because they just didn't sound angry enough and i really wanted the frustration and the self-empowerment element to come across and like it to be very independent and for a lot of it, it was too sweet. And it was really hard to find that balance between all the instruments being angry enough, but lighthearted as well with an edge. And so vocally, like, 
to get the kind of rasp or something in there it took a really long time. And then the scream was an extension to like really solidify that. And I, an angry scream, but also like some sort of a cry for help in a way. So this song came out six months to a year before the album. So what made you choose to bring out this song first? Yeah, it was really hard to pick which single to put out first to set the zine, I guess, of the album. I guess because this album sonically is so different from the first one, we didn't want to scare people. And I wanted to ease people into what my music was becoming and lyrically I was coming across. And it's a big jump and you don't want to frighten people. But I also didn't want to be like, oh, here's something you heard before, because that's shit. So the kind of partner between the last record and this record felt like everybody loves you. Because there's still, you know, it's clearly still me and it still has my, a lot of elements that I used before in it. But all these new ones, the drums that we would never use, and all these different quirky sounds that yeah. were different. So it just felt like the right like handshake between the two albums to bring in the new one. Hey, Wild Stuff, you still with us? This has been the Thin Air Podcast. This is the final episode of Season 2. I've been Danny Carroll, and I'm very grateful for you listening. To play us out, here's Soak in full. Everybody loves you. See you again. Bye-bye. Everybody wants you Not me today Cause I'm done Everybody loves you Not me, no way I don't work that way Cause I was built from concrete Cause I don't hurt no more Cause I've been getting